Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you know what people see when they Google you? Search engines don't always get it right. And when they're wrong, it's your reputation on the line. So what do you do when you don't agree with your search results? Call Reputation Defender at 855-432-4905. Reputation Defender is one of the most trusted names in online reputation repair. We have over a decade of experience in fixing people's search results, and we can help you too. Using cutting-edge approaches, Reputation Defender pushes unflattering information down to lower pages of your search results, where few people ever look. We also promote the good stuff so that it rises to the top, letting you put your best foot forward. Your good name is too valuable to leave to the whims of a Google algorithm. You owe it to yourself to take charge of your reputation. Visit www.reputationdefender.com or call 855-432-4905 for free advice on your situation. That's 855-432-4905. When your manhood bends in a different direction, visit PDURO.com to find a urologist because a bend in your erection might be Peyronie's disease or PD. It's a condition that involves a buildup of scar tissue, also called plaque, but it's treatable. Zyaflex, collagenase clostridium histolyticum is the only non-surgical FDA-approved injection for Peyronie's disease. Zyaflex is a prescription for adult men who have a plaque that can be felt and a curve in their penis greater than 30 degrees at the start of treatment. Along with daily penile stretching and straightening exercises, Zyaflex has been proven to help gradually reduce the bend. Results will vary. Don't receive if the treatment area involves your urethra, the tooth that urine passes through, you're allergic to any collagenase or the ingredients in Zyaflex. May cause serious side effects, including penile fracture or other serious injury during an erection, severe allergic reactions, including anaphylaxis, and localized skin and soft tissue death called necrosis due to hematoma, which could require surgery. You may feel sudden back pain reactions after treatment. Seek help right away if you have any signs of injury. Do not have sex or any sexual activity during and for at least four weeks after each treatment cycle, which includes two injections, one to three days apart. 
Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions. If you have a bleeding condition or take blood thinners, as risk of bleeding or bruising at the treatment site is increased, ask your doctor about all possible side effects and for product information. Talk to a urologist about Zyaflex. Find a Zyaflex trained urologist at PDURO.com or call 877-942-3539. Goldilocks Productions broadcasts universal cosmic frequencies that unlock, awaken, and expand the consciousness of our worldwide viewers and listeners. Enjoy this Goldilocks Productions presentation of the Stacy and Company Show. Stacy Erickson channels messages from your higher self and other realms. Connect with your own unicorn and dragon. Step into this magical realm now. Hi, everyone. I'm Stacy Erickson. And again, I am so excited to be here. I have uh, so much to talk about today that's going to be a lot of fun and interesting. There's um, animals all around us today. They are just coming out of the woodwork, basically, because um, we are just being inundated by them. They really want us to recognize their spirits. And it's all kinds of animals, so it's really, really cool. So this should be a real fun show today. And um, so just so you know, I um, started this show so that we could talk about animals and how important they are in our lives So the show is all about the natural world and other realms. Now, other realms have sort of stepped back a little bit recently just because I'm not sure why, for me at least. So um, so we've been talking about the animals that are in the forefront right now for all of us, you know, our pets and everything like that. So I want to make sure that I um, acknowledge your pets. And so next week's show will be on your pets. Now, I do have um, some pets already. I just want to make sure that these people still want their pets to be read. But I do have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six pets to read for next week already. But um, but if you want your pets to be read, please send uh, two questions with a picture of your pet's eyes to my email at loveraspberrylight at gmail.com. And um, we'll see if we can't get your pet on the show. Now, the coolest thing about this is that the pets love to be on the show. I have to tell you, I actually went and visited my one uh, friend who had her pet on last week's show, and uh, (laughs) it was really fun. When I got there, the pet kept saying, I'm famous, I'm famous. And so it was the cutest thing to see this pet say this. So, um, So anyway, so if you want your pet to be famous or if you want your pet to feel good about being famous, um, please do send a picture in once again, and um, I will see if I can get to it. I'm going to try to read as many as I can next week. I'll just talk really fast. That's will help, you know, get them all on there because I know they're so excited about being here. So um, this week's show is all about the animals again. And what it's on is Egyptian animals. Now, animals are really important in our lives. They're, um, recently, I've been having a lot of information come in about how important they are. So there's a lot of animals that are holding ancient knowledge and ancient wisdom and ancient magic, actually, for us in this lifetime, you know, to help us get through what we're going through with this new transition into a new world for us, um, you know, and creating a whole new earth. So it's really, really cool. So the animals are also being affected just like we are, but they're helping us as well by bringing forward their knowledge to, to, um, to create more beauty and magic and love for all of us in the world. 
Now, the one thing about this, and it's really, really neat, is that I've been noticing that as the animals progress, you know, in time, so um, they are progressing just like we are with every single lifetime, you'll find that your pets are getting smarter and smarter. And it's really, really interesting. Like today, for instance, um, I just out of the blue, my dog had just eaten a treat. And I looked at her and I said, she wanted to go outside. And I said, you have to get a drink first. So she literally got up and went into the bathroom. And yes, she does drink out of the toilet. That's her favorite place to take a drink. But um, anyway, so that's what she did. She does have a water bowl, but she chose the toilet. So anyway, so um, as dogs do, right? But so the whole thing is, is my point is, is that it, it even stunned me as an animal communicator. I was like, wow, that was so interesting that she actually chose to do that. So it was it was a lot of fun to see this interaction with my own pet, you know? So, um, so anyway, so my point is, is go ahead and start talking to your pets like that. Treat them like another person. Treat them like they are truly these wisdomful beings because they are even though we don't always understand them so in the ancient times what happened is is these animals were revered as pets so egyptians had pets just like we have pets and uh, we'll get into that in just a few minutes but i wanted to still talk about the animals because they are so important um, in creating the knowledge of the world right now. So what I've been getting a lot with my writings, because I do a lot of automatic writing, is that there's, once again, these animals that, that are really holding ancient magic. And um, ancient magic is actually going to come forward very, very soon. Hi, Super Cookie. And um, very, very soon. And it's really, really interesting. And I'm so excited about what is going to be coming forward. I feel like March is going to be a big month for this for us all, because I'm hoping that I'll be able to really tap in then. But, you know, I think that I mentioned that the elephant's tusks are actually hold a lot of magic. And that's the one reason why, you know, the humans are taking them away, because um, they want to hide the magic. And, and the ancient magic is actually within the tusks itself, you know, and that's how the elephants can receive their magic and, you know, send it out to the world. So it's really interesting how, you know, in ancient times, the Egyptians were tapped into this. They recognized that all these animals had this knowledge to share with the world. And um, it really helped them move forward in time as well, even though they weren't as advanced as they are now in the animals. So um, it's important for us to acknowledge these beautiful beings and their awesome spirits because they really do bring forth um, this amazing, amazing uh, information for us. And um, once again, as time's evolving, it's becoming more and more complex. So it's a lot of fun to uh, to talk about all these types of animals, you know, even say right now with um, with uh, the month of what, where, what month are we in? February. So the month of February, um, I think that for the month of February, each each month actually is represented by an animal. Now, I really think this is very cool because next month we're doing um, like a one day retreat. And the one day retreat is so interesting. We were reading about like March magic and we came up with the fact that March is all about the um, the cats. So it's like the um, 
the Cougars and the Panthers and all of those guys. They're all, all of them. Well, I consider them all as one because cats are cats and they're just amazing beings. But anyway, but the main cat is the Cougar that's coming in, I think. And um, so anyway, or the leopard, I'm sorry, the leopard. And so, um, so anyway, so that's what March is about. So it's really interesting. So you can look up each month and see what animal is represented other than, you know, your normal animals like Taurus, the bull is in, um, April and the fish is next month, you know, so there's like that type of thing that goes along with your horoscope, but there's also another animal that's represented in each month and in each birth year and in each, um, you know, birthday. So it's really, really fun to look up what you are. And, um, with the Chinese, especially with the Chinese, um, zodiacs, that's a lot of fun to do that too. So anyway, so animals are represented in every aspect of our lives, obviously through all kinds of cultures and ideas. And it's so interesting. Even, um, astrology has animals that can really help you move forward in life. You know, when I had Jeremy on my show, he was talking about that as well. You know, we have these animals that help represent if we, you know, put them in our office, you know, that's for work. This animal's for work. You know, this animal's for love. This animal's for another one. And they all represent these different um, aspects of our lives. And you can really tap into them to help you move forward in those um, aspects. So it's really a lot of fun, like I said, to uh, to talk with animals, to acknowledge how important they are in our lives. You know, like the squirrels outside my window today, they're just crazy out there today. And it was so much fun to watch them, even in the rain, because we were having a little bit of weather here. And um, it was just so exciting to see them like run around like, you know, little wild guys all over the yard with the nuts in their mouths and just having such a great time driving my dog crazy who was inside looking at them. And um, it was a lot of, you know, fun just to see them out there playing. And so they bring us joy as well, you know, just by watching them. And I was thinking to myself how important it is that we do have these these creatures outside of our windows while we're inside, you know, safe and sound. And they're outside having a ball. And um, they really do bring, like I said, a lot of energy, a lot of joy, a lot of everything to us. And um, so it's really, really neat to have them around us. And um, I appreciate them so much. Yesterday I was driving and I actually saw an eagle. And it flew very, very close to my car. I was yelling at it to get up, get up. But um, but it was really beautiful. And then yesterday we were also walking in my neighborhood and they had two baby eagles in a nest. So it was a lot of fun how when you do see these animals in your life, you know, like the eagle for me yesterday, you know, I saw it twice and it, they were, it made a big deal or an impact on me. So what I did was I went ahead and I looked up on my phone, you know, spirit, animal, eagle and you can see like all these different um i don't know basically descriptions of what they can represent for you now all of them might not apply but you know if there's one or two that can help you throughout your day or say whatever it is you're going through it's it's really really neat to uh, to read because we get messages from everywhere even the animals help with the messages brought in from you know the wisdom of spirit so it is so much fun how we're all connected and how we all are um, in this beautiful, beautiful place together. So, all right. So we'll go ahead and get started with this. Now, I didn't know how to start with this because there's so much information. So I'm going to, and some of it's going to repeat a little bit, but I do want to, um, to just talk about some things. So the Egyptians, you know, as well as the Greeks, everybody, there's lots and lots of gods and goddesses. 
Now, I didn't, you know, find all of the gods and goddesses because there's way too many to talk about. But there is one Greek earth goddess that I wanted to talk about just because she interests me so much because sometimes she's um, she's shown with a horse head. Now, that's her alter alter ego. And she doesn't um, show up that often with this horse head alter ego. But, you know, every now and then you will see her. It's very rare, but you will see her with an alter ego of this horse head. So her name is Demeter. And she is the famous mother of um, Persephone. Persephone. Now, you're going to have to excuse me because I'm definitely not very good with this, um, these words or these names. They're not easy to to speak for me. So, um, but her, uh, she's also in, you know, little parentheses, core, K-O-R-E. And um, so Persephone and core, well, core are the same. And Persephone was the innocent beauty captured by Hades, Lord of the underworld. Now, um, Demeter was the mother. So Demeter begged the gods to retrieve her daughter and she was distraught and angry and she felt betrayed and enraged because the gods did not agree with her. And so um, finally what happened is, is this is really cool is that they, uh, and I don't, I'm, I meant to like keep my phone on me, but it was running low on my battery. So I don't have it right now, but I'm, so I'm just going to try to get through this story because I wanted to read it to you. But anyway, so basically what it was is that, um, I think it was Zeus or Poseidon, one of those two. And they can't, no, I think it was Zeus. And he came in and he said, okay, you can see Persephone like, you know, once or twice a year. And so um, actually it was once a year. And so what it was is she would come back during the spring. Now this helps explain why the spring is like full of flowers and energy and all of that kind of stuff is because Demeter actually gets to see her daughter. So it's really interesting how, you know, they're, they're playing up, the idea of, you know, Earth's, um, you know, spring and fall and winter and, um, you know, summer. So it's really, really a lot of fun. So anyway, so then in the fall, when the leaves are finally going away and all that kind of stuff, Persephone has to go back to um, to Hades, to the lower Earth. And so, um, so then Demeter is like really sad and everything else. So what happens is, is she's always shown with, holding a dolphin and a dove. Now the dolphin is about being multidimensional, intelligent, and compassionate. And the dove is all about bringing peace and love and is also a symbol of prophecy. So it's a lot of fun to see. If you want to read about these different, you know, gods and goddesses, it's really neat to see like what it is that, you know, they're holding or, you know, how they're represented when they're brought to us, you know, in pictures and things like that. So then the other God that I found was Toth. Now I really like this God because he's all about magic. He's actually the God of magic. So he's the God of the moon, sacred texts. Hi, Janet. Thanks for um, joining me today. Um, So God of the moon, sacred texts, mathematics, the scientists, sciences, magic, messenger and recorder of the deities. He's the master of knowledge and patron of scribes. Now, like I said, I really like this God. He is really interesting to read about, and you should definitely do it when you get some time because he's a really cool dude for um, for this time that we're in right now. And what I was talking about with the animals being having this ancient magic. And so Toth, you know, is apparently one of the gods that is important for that. So his ancient name is Dejudi. 
And his meaning is like the ibis. So he's depicted with an ibis bird head all the time, you know, in Egypt. He's really cool looking, actually. Or he has a baboon on his head or, you know, has baboon head. And um, so anyway, so the ibis was a sacred bird in ancient Egypt, as well as a popular pet. And it's associated with wisdom. And then the mummified ibises and baboons were sold to pilgrims coming to festivals in honor of Toth and other gods as votive offerings to the gods. And then the baboon symbolizes strength and protection. Now, Toth is recognized, this is the cool part about this god, is that he's recognized as a spiritual entity. He is a revered god um, in the New Age, Wiccan, and New Pagan communities. He is one of the better known Egyptian deities in popular culture now. So he's kind of a cool dude, like I said, and really interesting to read about. He he was involved with like all of the magic in the world. And it was really interesting because he supposedly wrote some things down and like uh, different things that were all about, you know, this magic of how we could evolve with our souls and our spirits. And so, um, but all of that was hidden away because it was so, such strong magic. And uh, so it was hidden away because he didn't want everybody to find it. And then um, it has not been unearthed yet. But even though they say some of it has been, so it's really interesting. But um, hopefully we'll get some ancient knowledge from Earth as we move forward in time. And we'll be able to um, start to really understand, you know, why we're here, what Earth is about, what what really happened, all this other kind of stuff that, you know, we're still working through right now. Hi, Amy. It's good to see you. Thank you for joining us. So, um, so anyway, so we'll move forward. Pharaoh Akhenaten is another interesting character. He's the father of King Tut, which I'm sure everybody is familiar with. He is mostly known for abandoning the traditional polytheistic religion and introducing Atenism, which is worshipped center around Aten. And it's considered like a monotheism type of religion. It was not widely accepted. So after his death, Akhenaten's monuments were dismantled and hidden. His statues were destroyed and his name was excluded from the list of rulers later compiled by the pharaohs. Now, it was really interesting because <laughs> I was trying to find like what he looked like. And he, he didn't have any animals with him. But I did find that the floor in the great hall of the kings of the palace was painted and it was representing a pool with plants and water birds, which was really neat, you know. So they really tried to incorporate the outside in, just like we do nowadays with our own homes. We're always trying to pull in more plants, more things, you know, to make us feel like we're in that serene environment of the natural world. The natural world is so beautiful. I mean, think about it. I have a friend. She's always asking if she can sleep outside. She's like, I need to sleep outside. I need to sleep outside. We have big mosquitoes down here. So um, I I don't recommend it. But, you know, sometimes when it's not quite so, when it's a little windy or breezy, it's not so bad. So the floor of the hall the kings was painted to represent a pool with plants and water birds. And then the ceiling was patterned with flying vultures, which was really neat. So we'll talk about vultures in just a second. But the king's bedroom had a row of vultures. And the vultures symbolize a guardian or messenger between life and death, the physical world, and the spirit world. 
And they are so cool. I love vultures. They're also known to like clear negative energy when they're circling around, you know, so you can like look where they are and thank them because they're doing their job. They're so amazing. Awesome flyers. So they have magical powers or even seen as gods. It is a contradictory symbol of darkness, mystery, divine power, and great wisdom at the same time. So like I said, the king and the pharaohs had these in their bedrooms. And it was so interesting, you know, to see that it was the vulture that they had, you know, painted. So, so cool. All right. So the last god I think that we're going to talk about today is Bastet. Now, Bastet is really interesting. I'm sure everybody knows her. She's the one that's, you know, has the cat head. It's like a, a regular woman's body with the cat head. Sometimes she is just related as a cat. And apparently in the um, beginning, she was she was uh, represented as like a ferocious being, you know, and had like a lot of ferocity and things like that to her. So the um, so she now is is not that she's actually a companion, which is really, really cool. So she's mellowed as time has gone on. So Bastet is the goddess of home and domesticity, women's secrets, cats, fertility and childbirth. She's protecting the home from evil spirits and disease. When you have a, you know, like a statue of her, she protects your home from evil spirits and disease. She is associated with protection and protective ointments, which is really cool. That's magic. Um, Cats were greatly prized in Egypt as they kept homes free of vermin and so controlled disease. They protected crops from unwanted animals and provided their owners with fairly maintenance-free company. Now, we do know that cats are pretty (laughs) maintenance-free. And back then, if they were hunting, then they were very much so um, definitely maintenance-free. So so it's really interesting, you know, how this, this goddess was, you know, this cat goddess. And um, as we move forward, you'll see how important she really was in um, the Egyptian times with cats. Cats were so revered back then. All right. So the ancient Egyptians kept these animals as pets. Now, this is fun. I thought this was so interesting because I found this website or this it wasn't a website. It was just kind of like an uh, article on this. And I just thought it was so neat. And I thought how, you know, it's serendipitous that I found it today. So, um, so anyway, so they had dogs, cats, baboons, monkeys, fish, gazelles, birds, especially falcons, lions, mongoose, and hippos. Are you kidding me? A hippopotamus? <laughs> I thought that was awesome. So anyway, so crocodiles were kept as sacred animals in the temples of the god Sobek. Now, they also, like I said, I'm going to be repeating at some point because I was just sort of going through the article and trying to get this done. And I had a serious computer crash today and I wasn't sure if I was going to have the show on today. So I was a little bit panicked. So I was just trying to get as much information written down as I possibly could. So I just want to let you know it might be a little bit out of um you know, order here. So domesticated animals were deeply loved and very popular, just like today. Dogs and cats were mostly favored over the other animals, which is really cool. So most Egyptian households had at least one cat, if not more. They were the most popular pet in Egypt at that time, you know, obviously for the vermins and things like that. So they helped with disease and all that stuff. And did you know, fun fact, that Egyptians, you know, they shaved their heads to keep the lice away. That's the reason why they shave their heads. I never knew that. I thought that was really interesting. So most Egyptian has, oh, wait, hang on. We did this. Oh, yeah. One cat, if not more in Egyptian at that time. 
Oh, wait. Most Egyptian households had at least one cat, if not more. They were the most popular pet in Egypt at that time. So dogs were kept more by the upper classes who could better afford them because they required more care, which they still do to this day, right? We have to find like a pet sitter if we leave the dogs at home alone um, or go on vacation. So they served a role in hunting as guard, as guard and police dogs. They also served in military actions and as household pets. This is all going back in Egyptian times. This is really interesting how, you know, it's kind of the same nowadays. It's so much fun. So the dog breeds of ancient Egypt were, this is a lot of fun too, the Basenji, the Greyhound, the Ibizen, I'm not sure if I say that right, but Ibizen maybe, and Pharaoh, Saluki, and Whippet, or Saluki maybe. So um, very interesting breeds, very, very interesting Dogs were closely linked to the jackal dog god, who is Anubis, who guided the soul of the deceased, or the deceased, I'm sorry, of the deceased to the hall of truth where the soul would be judged by the god Osiris. So um, so dogs are really important to Egyptians, you know, especially in the spirit world as well. Domesticated dogs were buried in the temple of Anubis at Saqqara so they could pass on easily to the afterlife and enjoy the fruits of doggy heaven as they had enjoyed being on earth. So that was really cool too. So they had their own special cemetery reserved just for dogs in Abydos, which was so cool too. So even back then, dogs were were very, very um, highly valued as family members. And um, when they transitioned, the family would pay to have them mummified, which I thought was so fun. The families would shave their eyebrows as a sign of grief and their body hair. Now, the eyebrows, I thought that was really neat because obviously they didn't have hair on their heads. They couldn't shave their heads. So, yep, the eyebrows went instead. So everybody knew that they were in mourning. Such a cool thing. So it was believed that one would meet their furry friend in the afterlife, which is really cool, too. So they still believe that they would see them again and everything is related as one, just like we all know that to be true. So dogs were often buried with their masters to provide companionship after life. Now, that was interesting, too. Yeah, I know. Super Cookie says that's interesting about shaving their hair. I know. I thought, why are they all bald? (laughs) So interesting, right? But, yeah, I learned all kinds of cool stuff with this show. I'm telling you, this show has definitely taught me a lot. It's been a lot of fun, too. I'm totally enjoying it, and I really appreciate everybody joining me on the show, and thank you so much for being here. So, um, so anyway, so back to the naming of the dogs was very popular. They named them after gods, and they also named them after people that they love, just kind of like we do, too. You know, that's really neat. So the penalty, so now we're going to move on to cats. So the penalty for killing cats in Egypt was death. Can you believe that? Even if you did it by accident, you still had death. This is like how highly revered cats were. So sacrificing cats was highly unlikely, they say. It was also illegal to export them. The export of cats was so strictly prohibited that a branch of government was formed solely to deal with this issue. Government agents were dispatched to other lands to find and return cats, which had been smuggled out. Now, cats, once again, they were associated with the goddess Bastet. And Bastet had her own um, type of religious offerings and things like that. So people would actually take their cats to her uh, temples and, you know, make sure that they're 
that they are uh, buried uh, properly with her as well. And they were mummified too, just like the docs. So, um, so cool. I really had fun with this one. This, this show was a lot of fun. All right. So they also kept exotic animals. Now this is really interesting. The falcons were one of the exotic animals that they kept and they were kept to represent the power of Horus and Montu, which is once again, the gods. So it's really interesting, once again, how the gods have associated animals with them. You know, it's kind of like us for having our own totem animals, which you can get a reading for your totem animals if you ever want to on my website um, at raspberrylight.com. I do totem animals, too. And it's a lot of fun to find out, you know, what totem animals are available to you, you know, in your life at this time and throughout your entire lives. And we talked about that, you know, you have. I have um, readings for a land animal, uh, air animal, and a bug. Yeah, bugs are so important in our lives, too. So it's really, really fun to find all this information out. So pharaohs and kings kept falcons um, to hunt with and also as a symbol of divine power, which is really, really interesting, too. I thought that was so cool. You know, and falcons are gorgeous. Oh, my gosh, with their talons and everything, they're so beautiful. And their uh, markings with their feathers and whatnot. If you ever seen one, a picture of them, they're so regal, just such such amazing and beautiful beings, you know. And, oh, and their eyes. I love their eyes. All right. So the ibis was another popular bird of the upper class, which represented wisdom in the god Toth, which we talked about just recently. These birds, generally speaking, were too expensive for the lower classes to keep. But mummified remains of the ibis suggest that they were still kept fairly widely. So, you know, people still kept them. And um, there were 500,000 mummified ibises found at the Sakar complex alone which that is pretty amazing. <laughs> so these guys definitely were revered as beautiful beings and, you know, full of wisdom. So baboons and monkeys were often kept as loving companions too. And they were mummified and buried with their devoted masters. It's so cool. I just love this. I'm not going to mummify mine, but I just thought that was so interesting how everybody's mummifying everything. <laughs> so baboons seem to have been kept in large for ritualistic purposes as symbols of Toth, which makes sense because we talked about how Toth is. Oh, super cookie. Thank you so much for this super sticker. Pretty, really, really appreciate that. So um, you can go to, uh, let's see, what is it again? We need to put that up there, Goldilocks. Um, the, uh, where is that? YouTube. You can go to YouTube and um, do like, you know, donate some money for the show to keep, help keep the show going. So thank you so much, Super Cookie. You're so cute. You're adorable. So with you today, you actually have your dragon with you big time and it's um, purple and it's hanging out with you and it's actually dancing. Have you been doing a lot of dancing lately? Because it seems to me like you're having some fun in life right now. And um, even though it's a little low with the weather and everything, it still seems to me like you're uh, you're really holding like really good energy and having a lot of fun with your life. And um, it's so cool to bring that energy. When your manhood bends in a different direction, visit PDURO.com to find a urologist because a bend in your erection might be Peyronie's disease or PD. It's a condition that involves a buildup of scar tissue, also called plaque, but it's treatable. Zyaflex, collagenase clostridium histolyticum is the only non-surgical FDA-approved injection for Peyronie's disease. Zyaflex is a 
prescription for adult men who have a plaque that can be felt and a curve in their penis greater than 30 degrees at the start of treatment. Along with daily penile stretching and straightening exercises, Zyflex has been proven to help gradually reduce the bend. Results will vary. Don't receive if the treatment area involves your urethra, the tooth that urine passes through. You're allergic to any collagenase or the ingredients in Zyflex. May cause serious side effects, including penile fracture or other serious injury during an erection, severe allergic reactions, including anaphylaxis, and localized skin and soft tissue death called necrosis due to hematoma, which could require surgery. You may feel sudden back pain reactions after treatment. Seek help right away if you have any signs of injury. Do not have sex or any sexual activity during and for at least four weeks after each treatment cycle, which includes two injections, one to three days apart. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions. If you have a bleeding condition or take blood thinners, as risk of bleeding or bruising at the treatment site is increased. Ask your doctor about all possible side effects and for product information. Talk to a urologist about Zyaflex. Find a Zyaflex trained urologist at PDURO.com or call 877-942-3539. Freedom is a feeling, and the best way to truly feel free is behind the wheel of a Jeep SUV. Find out what true freedom feels like at Jeep Freedom Days. And now, financing at $2,500 total cash allowance on the purchase of a 2022 Jeep Grand Cherokee WK Laredo 4x4. Don't miss this great offer. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Must take retail delivery by 531-22. Jeep is a registered trademark. We have to remember, too, that us as beings, that we are representing, you know, what is in the world, even though sometimes we don't feel it. Yeah, she's been dancing a lot. That's so cool, because that's exactly what I see. I mean, you're doing this, you know, it's like having fun. So cool. I love it. And purple, purple's a big color for you right now. So if you have a lot of purple around you, or if you can pull a lot of purple in or, you know, wear purple shirts, purple jewelry, whatever it is, but purple is huge for you right now. It's going to empower you and help keep you um, feeling very uh, safe. Actually, it's a safe color for you. That's a lot of fun too. Love it. Thank you again. So appreciative of that. And I'm so happy you're dancing. Like I said, and that sends energy into the world, too, which helps, you know, bring more energy to all of us. So thank you. I appreciate that. So, um, okay, so we'll get back to this. So let's see, where were we? Baboons and monkeys were often kept as loving companions. They're mummified, buried with their devoted masters. Now, baboons seem to have been kept in large for ritualistic purposes as symbols of Toth, which we talked about with Toth being shown with a baboon head and or happy. Now, this is so cool. I love this guy's name. His name is Happy, H-A-P-Y, which is so much fun. So monkeys also were commonly kept as close pets. They could be easily trained, and um, inscriptions seem to indicate they were quite useful for retrieving objects. Pretty cool, especially if you lose something, right? All right, so now we're getting into the hippos and the crocodiles. Now, those guys are a lot of fun. They're so cute. Um, they were kept as, so the reason why people kept hippos and crocodiles, which I did not know this, I thought this was so cool, is that they represent the controlling aspect or controlling a really chaotic force in nature. So when people had them, oh, thank you. Super Cookie says, I love that. Thank you so much. Purple is my favorite color. Well, no wonder it's your favorite color. Yeah. A lot of times our favorite colors are the colors that we need represented in our lives at this moment in time. And, you know, I have to tell you something that's so interesting. And then we'll get back to this is that um, it's so much fun, you know, changing your colors 
in, uh, you know, over time, like we all do that. Like we all, we have our favorite color for a little while. And then all of a sudden we, we have another color that we're like, Oh, I think I like that better. And so, um, so right now my, my front door is painted raspberry pink and, you know, I've loved red since I was a little kid, but I switched to raspberry pink probably because the show and because of all the animals and, you know, for me and for everything, it does represent unconditional love, but red, has really been coming in strong for me again. So I feel like after the Chinese New Year that I'm going to um, go ahead, and I know we just went went and had that on um, February 12th. I think that what I'm going to do is paint my front door red now because I feel like I'm ready for red. So, you know, bring these colors into your house, wherever it is. You can paint your front door. You can paint, you know, a pot that you have, you know, for your plants, whatever it is, you know, and just surround yourself with these colors that are so beautiful and brilliant. And a lot of times it incorporates the other colors that you like too. So for instance, super cookie, I love lavender and purple as well. So, you know, so now my colors will be raspberry pink, red, and purple, and then they'll be everywhere, all kinds of colors. So it's a lot of fun, maybe even a little bit of blue in there as well. So add in as much color as you can, because it really does help lift our spirits. It helps us change our mood. It helps us feel empowered. And it's huge for us as I'm sitting here wearing a plain white shirt, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) All right. So Yes, Amy, they're so cute, the hippos. Can you believe that they had hippos? I mean, how how crazy cool is that, you know? And they obviously are, you know, if you can control a hippo, it's definitely controlling a really chaotic force in nature. And they found that they, they actually tied these hippos up, which isn't always, you know, good, but that's what happened back in those times. So anyway, so crocodiles represented the god Sobek, which we talked about earlier, who is the crocodile god. He was considered the creator God and sacred crocodiles in his temples were fed better than most humans of the time on choice cuts of meat. And get this honey cakes. Seriously, that is so cool. Honey cakes. I I never even heard of them, but that is the neatest thing ever. I wonder what those are anyway. I'll have to like look those up and see what they are. So they were also mummified. Could you imagine seriously mummifying a hippo? They're also mummified and preserved, just like the cats, dogs, monkeys, and other animals. But the most animal preserved was the bull. Now, this is really interesting. I thought this was such a cool thing. So the bull is so cool. So they call it the apis bull. It says A-P-I-S. Um, they are not pets, but a sacred animal who represented the god um, Ta. So that's P-T-A-H. In the early dynastic dynastic period, which is C3150 to 2613 BCE. Now, I don't understand those dates, but it seems like that's a long time. So there was a festival honoring this animal, and it's called this. The ceremony was called Running of the Apis. Now, over in Spain, you know, you hear about running of running with the bulls and running of the bulls and all of that. So I'm pretty sure that they got that from, you know, these ancient Egyptians, which is really cool. So it's we're still doing that in this time, you know, the um, running of the bulls. And so I don't know if they're doing that now with COVID, but, you know, before COVID. So the sacred bull was required to have a white crescent on one side of its body or a white triangle on its forehead. That's very cool. I have to tell you this. So if you do want a unicorn reading, a lot of times unicorns will have these sacred um, 
uh, signs or symbols on them as well. And it's so interesting and fun to look up like what your unicorn has as these sacred symbols. Now, as we're moving forward in time, it's really, really cool because these unicorns are shifting and changing and their colors are becoming so much more brilliant and brighter. So that means that we as humans are shifting and changing and becoming more brilliant and brighter. So, um, but with these symbols, it's really starting to show up a lot, you know, as far as everything goes. And it's really interesting too. Hey, Melissa, thanks for joining. You're so cute with your unicorn. Um, So yeah, so the whole thing is, is that with these symbols, these symbols are so important for us to remember, you know, ancient magic and ancient knowledge that, you know, we're bringing forward into the world now. And it's, um, it's a lot of fun. It helps us be more empowered and it helps create newness for earth. And so, um, so I was thinking about that. I was trying to figure out how to put that on the show. I think that we'll do that maybe not next week, obviously, because we're going to do the domesticated animals next week and people's pets. And so if you do want your pet on the show, I think I mentioned this earlier, you can send in a picture of your pet with its eyes showing and two questions. Hey, Judy, thanks for <laughs> thanks for stopping in. So um, so anyway, so the uh, pets with, with just two questions and a picture of their face, and you can send it to loveraspberrylight at gmail.com, and I will get them read and see if we can get them on the show next next week. Yeah, next week. I'm going to try to do that once a month at least so that everybody can get their pets read at some point so, um, so we can get that done. Now I'm going to try to do more than – I've already got – let's see, one – two, three, four, five, six. And Judy, I have your pet on here already. So I'll definitely get you in your pet in next week for sure. And um, I have one for Robin and let's see, Sandy, super cookie. I have Chewy for you and Susan, Suzanne. So um, anyway, so I already have some pets to read, but uh, we can add in more for sure. Because like I said, I'll just talk fast next week. So that we know. So Super Cookie says, I know this is way off subject, but can you explain some time how we can begin to see unicorns and dragons? I'd love to be able to see them. Oh, my gosh. All right. Now you're pushing me. I'm going to have to uh, do some sort of class for that. And um, my producer, my lovely producer, Tiffany, I love her so much. She's actually been asking for, um, you know, for classes for um for all of us, actually. So I'll try to put together a class and we'll do this online because it's a little bit more intense than just, you know, quick little explanation. So I will um, I'll definitely get, you know, something going with a show around me with a class online so that we can go ahead and get you guys going with that. I'm actually teaching a lot of that here at my house right now once well, on Wednesday nights. And um, so it's been a lot of fun. People have really been stepping in and tapping into their own skills and learning what superpowers they have. And it's just been, it's actually been really, really enlightening and amazing. Thank you, Amy, for that. She gave me a super sticker. You're so sweet. And um, so anyway, so it's been a lot of fun to, uh, to do this class because once again, we all have our own little superpowers. You know, you can be anything like one of them, like I said, she actually reads, um, you know, inanimate objects. So like furniture or jewelry, <clears throat> and she can tell you like the history of the jewelry and all that kind of stuff. And so she, um, she's just learning that she could do that and or can do that. And so she's been practicing every single Wednesday with some kind of form of, you know, a historical piece. And it's been so much fun. I do have to tell you this, this is so interesting. And Amy, I'll get to you in just one second. 
It's so interesting that I actually have three pieces of jewelry, well, two pieces of jewelry and some lamps, and all of them are related to um, Humphrey Bogart. How bizarre is that? Now, I have no idea how that's even possible or who, how I'm related in that whole thing because, you know, we didn't really get to that point because she's not that advanced yet. But so, so interesting how all three pieces are related in some way. And it's, um, it goes with his first three wives. So it's, um, it's been a lot of fun. Very interesting information. So you can definitely check out your jewelry, you guys, or see if you can read your own jewelry. And um, it's really, uh, really cool and fun, like I said. And then another one of them is really good at reading cards. And she likes the um, the Rider tarot deck. And she's really good with that. And so there's all different, you know, all different skills. I mean, really all different skills that people are coming up with now, especially. So, um, so yeah, so thank you very, very much. So Amy, thank you. You're so cute. How have you been? So Amy, I see your unicorn today. Oh, it's got goosebumps. You got a very large unicorn and um, she is yellow. And we're talking like the brightest, brightest yellow. So shiny, like the sun. I mean, even beyond the sun, just absolutely gorgeous. It's more of a lighter yellow than a um, real Definite yellow, if you look at like a pretty yellow and then you make it lighter and then you make it brighter, that's your unicorn. And um, gosh, she's amazing, amazing. And oh, she has stockings. I don't know if you have, um, if you wear a lot of like socks, but it feels to me like this unicorn has stockings and um, like high stockings, like all the way up to her knees. So she has white going all the way up to her knees and she has feathers and um, she's, gosh, she's really, really beautiful. And then she actually does have some symbols on her face, which is really neat. She's got three triangles going straight down. So it's a triangle, then another triangle, then another triangle. So um, it'd be interesting to find out, you know, what this is all about for sure. And, um, but anyway, so the yellow in the unicorn is all about joy. So you're really, really bringing a lot of joy into the world right now. And you're emanating it out along with the healing energy of that joy as well. So, um, so cool. So cool. And you're happy too. You like to dance as well. That's a lot of fun. So thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. And um, we'll get back. So the Apis Bull is very, very interesting with, like I said, the running of the bulls has come up and, um, you know, and, and then they're doing that now too still. So it's a lot, a lot of fun. So the, the triangle on its forehead is signifying its unique character and its acceptance by the gods. So we were talking about how these bulls have symbols, you know, they have a white crescent on one side of its body or a white triangle on its forehead signifying its unique character and its acceptance by the gods, which is so much fun. So much fun. And so the Apis bull was so important in ancient times that it was equated with the power of the king in the first dynasty and then probably earlier. So the kings really, really brought in these big bulls, you know, to um, to help represent them because of the I mean, you can imagine like I actually used to have bulls that lived across the street. And one of them was the neatest bull. He was like so quiet. He was very, very gentle and quiet. And he had, you know, like a white around the top of his head. So I always called him Skullcat because he just seemed so ancient. This bull did. He seemed like he was very, very ancient. And so, um, so it was a lot of fun to talk with him about things. But you could just, just being in his presence, you could just feel, you know, that strength, that power, that 
that was just emanating out of this being. And he was, he was just absolutely gorgeous. Love this bull. And um, so anyway, so that's what the Kings are trying to, you know, bring into their essence as well. And I guess they had this one, you know, picture of a bull like destroying an entire city, which then, you know, represents the King being powerful enough to destroy his whole city. So the bulls were definitely revered by the Kings and um, so much fun to talk about. So Amy said, thank you. My son and I were just dancing for his PE assignment. <laughs> Love it. That's so cool. Yeah, I felt like you guys were kind of doing something. So that is so neat. I love the energy. So, so much fun. And that would be why you're bright, so bright, too. He's helping you with that bright energy as well. You know, kids, they bring so much liveliness to us, and it's so much fun to have them around. So that's so cool. All right. So the Egyptians, you know, they love their pets just like we do. There wasn't much that I could find that was very different in, you know, how we, you know, treat our pets in comparison to them, except for they they loved cats, you know, for a little bit more. Now we feed our cats, you know, and they get fat and they're very, very happy just to sit by the window and hang out. But in Egyptian times, they did that, too. But they also had to hunt and earn their keep a little bit more. So they were a little more active than, you know, some of the cats now, although. Although, you know, I do know from riding horses that there are a lot of barn cats and they still get fed, but they still get to go out and hunt, you know, and have some fun with the lizards and whatever else they can capture in the barn. So um, so anyway, so the Egyptians, it was really, really neat, like I said, to find out that they treated their animals just like we do, you know, and that they loved cats and dogs. I mean, who knew that they were back, you know, in those ancient times? That's so much fun to know and um, lived way back then, along with the uh, different breeds of those dogs, too. And I'm sure that the cats must have looked really different as well. You know, just in the pictures and things, the cats seemed like they're a little bit more pointy and a little more um, lanky and, you know, so just because, and it was, um, but then the people were too. So, you know, all of us have changed over time, but the one thing that is so neat about what I read about them is that they all knew that they would be united on the other side with their animals eventually. So that was such a great thing to like, you know, feel into that energy of knowing that these, these, Egyptians knew that they were one with the universe, right? And so then they would be there, here, and here. And so it's all the different levels, and we are all one, and the animals are there with us as well to help us out in every way they possibly can and shift us into happiness and joy and love and creation and magic, lots and lots and lots of magic. All right, so that's the end of the Egyptians today. I loved talking about them. They're so much fun. We have, um, you know, if you want to catch up on other Egyptians, it's really interesting because the Egyptian gods, you know, there's other Egyptian gods. I can't even tell you, like, when I was going through all of this, I was like, wow, there's so much more that we could talk about with the animals, you know, that these Egyptians took on as their totems. Once again, if you do want to learn about your totem animals, you can always go to my website and get a reading as well as your unicorn. Now, just to touch base again about the unicorns. The unicorns are so important right now for all of us, as well as the um, dragons. Dragons are really important, too. And color is what we always talk about on the show. You know, colors are so, so important right now, especially to keep our spirits up, to keep us, you know, generating what it is that we want in our lives. And so 
please do recognize that and bring whatever colors you can, even into your home, into your bedroom, into your, wherever you are, your kitchen, you know, wherever you spend a lot of time, even in your office, you know, even if you have like a little bit of flowers there, like for Valentine's Day, my mom gave me a little thing of flowers and it was so sweet. And, um, and now the flowers are blooming and they're gorgeous and they're yellow, which is such a great color, you know? So it's so much fun because every time I look at the flowers, then I smile and everything's good. So the whole thing is, is that that's what you want to do. You know, you really want to create more energy of joy in your life right now because we're just now starting to come into March and March is going to be an exciting month. I'm telling you, it's going to really, really break open and we're going to have a lot of fun and um, create some new energy and some new things. And your animals are all involved in this. So please do send me pictures of your animals for next week's show. We're going to have everybody's pets on that I can possibly get on there. We're going to see if we can do, like, say, 10. Like, again, I have one, two, three, four, five, six already, so it'll be four more. But if you could just send me a picture of your um... <laughs> Judy's so funny. All right, so Amy says... Or Amy already did you, so that's great because you're dancing with your son. So cute. So Judy said, I had a new baby pink dragon come in on Saturday. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that fun? Like, seriously, there's like all these different ones. And now everybody that I know have dragons with them. I'm serious. Every single person has at least one dragon. And so, Judy, you're welcoming in a whole herd of dragons, which is pretty cool, you know, to help you with all kinds of things. Now, the baby is because your um, cats can see them so well, too. And so it doesn't want to be too overpowering for your animals at home. It's really interesting. If you watch your pets, they'll be looking around at things and you'll be like, what are you looking at? Because I do that with my dog a lot. I'm like, what are you looking at? And then she'll like jump or, you know, or because they um, because who's ever there, you know, kind of like touches her on her right above her tail. And it's so much fun to see her jump. But it's just them showing that they're available and that they're there. It might be guides. It might be, you know, transition loved ones. It might just be your dragon playing with your animals. You know, it can happen. So anyway, so back to the colors. So the unicorn colors are really interesting. For me, at least, this is what I see with the unicorns, is that the color of the body is what you're working on. And then the... Um, the color of the mane and tail are the tools that you're using to uh, create what you're working on. And then the gender is really interesting, too. I know we haven't really talked about that, but, you know, we have we have um, the, the feminine side of us and the masculine side of us. And the masculine side is all about courage, strength, and power. And the feminine side is about beauty and love and joy and all of those, you know, more of the emotional type of stuff. So it's really, really interesting. And um, they're both, it's, it's so much fun, you know, to see that these unicorns are helping us with, you know, those, that side of life. So with Amy, her unicorn was definitely a female because she's working on joy. And so in big, oh, and that's the other thing, the size of the unicorn is what, you know, like how big you're working on this. And Amy's is like, huge, huge unicorn. So she's really, really emanating a lot of joy and bringing it into her environment and trying to keep creating it. So it's really cool. It's really, really cool. So Amy says, how long in general should you wait before trying to communicate with a pet who has passed? So in that, 
the pets have passed usually at least four days, at least four days. Sometimes you can get more information if you wait for a full 10 days. But, um, but even so, you can check in right away sometimes just to see if they made it to the other side. And a lot of times they'll send you a sign. Now, it's kind of funny because I was at my farm and, uh, and I didn't know this, but my aunt had passed. And I wasn't even that close to her, but for some reason, this dove flew over and sat on the fence and it wouldn't move. And I was like, what is your message? You know, so I was sitting there, you know, paying attention to it. And I was like, what is your message? And it said, I'm safe and sound. And so I was like, okay, that's fantastic. Who are you? (laughs) So anyway, so, and it turns out that she had just passed. Like literally it just passed that morning and the dove had flown in. So, um, so it's really interesting. And so when my father called me that afternoon, he said, your aunt, you know, had passed transition this morning. And I said, yeah, I know. I said, she's definitely made it to the other side and she wants you to know that. So it's really interesting how, you know, we do receive messages. If you just pay attention, pets do that as well. You know, they'll send you whatever it is that reminds you of them or, you know, something might happen. I had my pony that transitioned and I would see her all the time in the pond eating grass. You know, it was just her spirit, you know, being out there, allowing me to experience her, you know, while she was still in this transitional state. So, but most of the time when you communicate and you really want to like, you know, sit and write down everything, um, 10 days is a good time, good amount of time to do it. And that goes with people too. You can always, you know, speak with um, transition loved ones on the other side after 10 days as well, unless they're really working on something big, but they will let you know, you know, both, both sides will, they'll be like, okay, yeah, thank you. And I'm busy right now. They'll say that. <laughs> so, so there's definitely, you know, but you can, you can communicate with them immediately It's just, you know, with the information that you want or if you really want to know certain things, it it takes them a little bit longer because they are still working it out. I would really like to write a book one day if I can uh, get the time or actually not even get the time, but get the gumption to do it. (laughs) That's like daunting. Writing books is definitely not an easy thing. But um, I would like to write, you know, like even a little short story about a horse that transitioned and um, came back and visited its mom. And it was really interesting because he took her to heaven with him. So she was, so she had put him to sleep on, um, in the morning, I think it was like around 11 and she asked him to come to her in, in a dream. And, um, so that night he actually came to her in a dream and it was so neat, you know? And so what he did was he came to her in this dream and then he, um, took her to heaven with him. And it was the neatest thing. So she was actually riding on her horse in like a white room. And she said he went from like zero to 60, like so fast. And she said she kept pulling on the right rein, telling him to turn, turn. And um, she said off to the left of her was a, um, you know, a person actually who had a clipboard and she was communicating with her horse. And um, but Trisha wasn't really communicating with them. And um, she was just trying to tell them to turn and um, but she couldn't understand what they were saying to each other. So um, so definitely, you know, because they were doing that telepathically. So it was really interesting to see, you know, what happens. And what it was is that he was getting used to his new form. He was going from solid to spirit. 
And it was really cool that he took her to heaven with her. So, um, so anyway, so it just goes to show you that you can, you can definitely, like I said, communicate with them pretty quickly right away, at least to find out, you know, if they're okay. And then after that, usually four to 10 days, just depending on, you know, the being and if they're ready to um, communicate back with you. So, um, so yeah. So thank you for that question. <laughs> I hope this, hope the answer helped you out a lot. And um, I really appreciate everybody being here. It's so much fun to like interact with all of you. Really, really cool. And I love, like I said, I love all the questions and it doesn't matter if it's off topic or not, because really it's not off topic. You know, this shows about everything, everything, animals, everything, natural, everything, everything, basically. It's, it's all about all of us. So the next show next week is going to be on animals and our pets. And we'll, like I said, talk to them and remember how they communicate with us. They always have a message for us, too, which is really, really interesting. You know, whether it's um, how much they love us or whether they're explaining to us what it is that they're here for, you know, because we are all here for a purpose or a reason. And um, our pets is so interesting. I've been learning a lot more about this is that um, they have their own purpose for being here. And then they also have the purpose for being with us in our life as well. So they have like kind of like two purposes, you know, and it's kind of goes hand in hand with the human as well. You know, we, we all have a purpose for being here. And um, but it's, you know, interactive with everybody around us as well. You know, so it could be there could be an extra purpose. So it's um, it's just a lot of fun. I love life, you guys. And I'm so happy that you all are here to help. And Amy says, yes, thanks. My friend is always having to have his cat. Oh, wait, thanks. My friend is having to have his cat euthanized today. Oh, just an FYI. This is so interesting. And I know I sound terrible for saying this, you know, but I'm very excited for you and for him because and for the cat, because any time that you transition, at least one of my friends told me this. And I do believe this to be true because for some reason it happens a lot during Mercury retrograde. But when Mercury is retrograde, it means that you've completed your soul's purpose. So it's so, so interesting. That's so cool. So, you know, if, if you do have to euthanize or you do have to put something, you know, an animal down, if it's during Mercury retrograde, be assured that they have completed their soul's purpose. And so that cat is going to be so grateful, so grateful. And if he would like a reading from his cat, please, please have him, you know, definitely contact me on my website. And also tell him if he hasn't done it yet, that um, to just, you know, ask the cat to either come to him in a dream or just, you know, communicate with them in some way that that the cat is OK and feels good about where where the cat is. So um, that's always like, you know, reassuring and confirmation. So it's very cool. But awesome. So excited. Well, thanks again for joining me today. I'm really excited that I got to um, to be here because, <laughs> like I said, I wasn't quite sure if I was going to make it or not. My computer sort of you know, crashed a little bit today. I guess the guys outside were working on the wires out there. So, um, so anyway, so I will see you next week with all of our pets and animals. And please do send in a picture with two questions to my, um, yeah, Amy says, very cool. I know it is. It's really neat how life is neat. Life is really fun. Um, to loveraspberrylight.com or I'm sorry, loveraspberrylight at gmail.com. And um, if you send your two questions and a picture in, then I'll be able to get them read hopefully this week. It's been a crazy life for me here lately. So, all right. Thanks again. And um, thank you, Janet. It was very nice to see you as well. 
And I'm so, so happy to have all of you. Appreciate you. And I will see you next week. Become a Goldilocks Productions VIP patron. Receive exclusive access to live stream special and other epic perks. Join the Goldilocks Productions VIP community today. Dunkin' Refreshers are the perfect way to get a little more out of your day. With more tropical flavors like new mango pineapple and more ways to get glowing. Available with green tea, coconut milk, or lemonade. You've got what you need to make the most out of every moment. Even the ones spent stuck in traffic. <sighs> what a beautiful day. Sip into all your favorite Dunkin' Refreshers like new mango pineapple. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Additional charges may apply. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.